This podcast is a Radio Mike original production. Head to radiomike.com.au to find out more. This episode of 20th Century Boy is brought to you by patreon.com slash radiomike. Guys, over on the Patreon, there is so much bonus content. And one of my favorite things we're doing at the moment is the Pat and Mike show with me and producer Pat. We've completely revamped the format, so every week we're doing a deep dive on one of the big topics I talk about on this show. Plus, we talk behind the scenes of 20th Century Boy and give our recommendations on the books, movies, games, albums, and TV shows we've been loving. There's a new episode of the Pat and Mike show every week, as well as the TCB Overflow podcast, which is up as soon as you finish listening to this podcast. The Patreon is overflowing with content. We'll see you there. So they don't know what the jails... It's all about, you see? As featured in the Wall Street Journal podcast and the Kyle and Jackie O Show. Show you who. Good news, everyone. Welcome to 20th Century Boy. My name is Facsimile Millie. And this is the inside of my mind. Oh. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Facsimile Millie, because, you know, obviously, new name, different name at the start of every show. Um, often on an RM theme for my real name, Radio Mike. Well, that's not my real name, but it is for the purposes of this podcast. Facsimile Millie, though, taking the idea of a technology radio, facsimile, facts, and then a name that rhymes with that, even though Radio Mike doesn't rhyme. But a few weeks ago, I did Telegram Sam. So continuing that trend with facsimile Millie. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Welcome to the podcast. This podcast is 20th Century Boy, a podcast by me, Radio Mike, a writer and producer from Melbourne, Australia. Just making his way through life, you know, just wading through all the shit to find find some good times every once in a while. Um, but the main thing about this podcast is the conversations you wish you were having, Right. The conversations you wish you were having with your friends, but you're not because we're all caught up in these day-to-day discussions of like, hey, how's your day? Yeah, good. How was your weekend? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks. Uh, Good. How's the kids? Yep, good. We're all caught up in that shit. We're not having the conversations we want to be having, man. And that's what this podcast is all about. The conversations we want to be having. Questions like, conversations like, you know, what, what, what do we think about the... What the hell is the vibe on the Super Mario Bros. movie? Why the hell are there so many movie prequels now? Why the hell are people mad that Harry Styles is the new king of pop? Why the hell is everyone so confused about the Buzz Lightyear movie? Conversations you wish you were having, but you're not. Of course, as always, you can support this show over on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Radio Mike. And, uh... Hit a big milestone this week, guys. We have two new members of the Patreo family. We have Patreo Natasha and Patreo Marty. And guys, news for you. That brings us to the sweet, sweet number of 69 patrons. Yeah, that's right. Now, yes, it would be funny to be on 69 patrons for a while, but I do hope we get to the 70 mark this week. That would be amazing. 70 patrons, but more on that later. Um, I've had a really good week. The first thing I just wanted to quickly do over the weekend, I went to 
a gig that one of my mates was doing. His name is Alex Moses. He actually appeared on an interview on this podcast for the Mike Talk series I used to do. He used to be in a band called Columbus, but he has a new band now called Sick Visor. Um, I went to their first gig. They've got this great single that I just wanted to plug at the top. It's called Happy Pessimistic People Person Introvert. Really good song. So I just wanted to give them a plug because Alex is a great guy and he came on this podcast and he's making really cool music that I think people would be into. So go and check that song out. Um, Aside from that, I've been busy. I've been really busy this week and, uh, you know, just really cramming this in. We recorded the Hamish and Andy pod this week. So yeah, lots of stuff's been happening, but uh, there's a few things this week. There's a lot to get through on today's show, really, and there's a lot that I really need to talk about here. The first thing that caught my attention this week that I really wanted to talk about was I noticed this often on this show. I talk about my favorite show, The Chase Australia trivia show here in Australia, obviously, because it's called The Chase Australia. Um, Always, I love trivia. I love watching this show. It's like my perfect way to end a work day is to put on this trivia show and just answer trivia questions. I love trivia so much. And saw this really interesting interaction between the host, Larry Edmar, and uh, and a contestant. I've talked about this show in the past, but this isn't related to how I've talked about the show in the past. I just felt, I just heard this incredible, incredible interaction between Larry Edmer and the contestant that I just, I had to share on this podcast because I just thought it was profound how jilting this moment was. And it did feel like in this moment, it was a, I couldn't tell if it was a setup by the writers of the show and the questions or not. Take a listen to this contestant, don't know their name, and and this interaction that did happen on the Chase Australia. So basically, just so you know, the host talks to the contestant. They have a little back and forth. Learn, uh, what do you do? What's your what's your middle name? What do you love? And then they launch into the quick fire trivia question cash build around. And this is what happened on the Chase Australia. Aliens love anything to do with space and all that kind of. Do you thing. believe that man has walked on the moon? No. Absolutely not. No, I don't. I think that was a conspiracy. <laughs> I wish you lots of luck, and your time starts. Now, the first person to set foot on the moon was US astronaut Neil Who? Armstrong. Correct. Aliens. Okay. So, as you heard there, this woman who's a contestant on the show, she's talking to host Larry Edmar and you know, she's oh, I love space, I love aliens, I'm a bit of conspiracy I'm a bit of a conspiracy theorist and then Larry Edmar goes, "Do you believe man have walked on the moon?" "No, I don't. It's a conspiracy." First question of her cash building trivia round was who was the first person to walk on the moon and she immediately answers Neil Armstrong as though it's common knowledge. Here's something for you, contestant. If you really believe that the moon landing was a conspiracy and you stand by that, you wouldn't have answered that question. This is what I don't like about you. You threw in your beliefs, you betrayed your beliefs to win a bit of money on a show. And I don't like that. I think you should have stuck by your guns, right? I think you should have answered the question the way you promised us you would. Because it's, it's to me, that cannot be a coincidence, surely, that that question was right after she said she was a conspiracy theorist and didn't believe man had walked on the moon. The first question is, who was the first person to walk in the moon? She says, Neil Armstrong, stick by your guns, mate. 
don't sell out your beliefs for money because that's what you do and we that's what you did and we all saw it on national television and quite frankly you look pathetic now i don't trust anything you say because i know that i could swindle you to change your opinion with any amount of money shouldn't have sold out your beliefs thought that was really funny I've never seen something quite like that on TV. Someone flat out say, I don't believe that man has walked on the moon. And then when asked the question, who was the first person to walk in the moon, to walk on the moon, immediately say the correct answer, which is Neil Armstrong. Hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Because the cognitive dissonance at this point in this person's life must be so jilting. That this, the cognitive dissonance of, okay, I just said on national TV, I don't believe man has walked on the moon. But I, but I guess maybe in her mind, she's like, well, I know that the, the common belief that they want me to say is Neil Armstrong. I don't believe it, but I'll answer it for money. But I still feel like she sold out her beliefs money. And that's not good. We don't sell our beliefs out for money. We never, ever do that. Um, but seriously, guys, there's something really important that we need to talk about on this week's show. Because I've realized that we are actually heading towards the dystopian technological future that we've all been warned about for many, many years um, in various works of fiction and science fiction, right? We're, We're heading towards it. There's currently a new product out that is being advertised a lot on Australian TV, even on on YouTube, I'm getting ads for this product. And fascinating product. It's the new Google Pixel phone. Now, my first thoughts on the new Google Pixel phone is, and obviously this isn't sponsored because I don't sell out my beliefs for money and I never would promote this, but my first thought on anyone who has a Google Pixel phone or, or essentially anyone who has an Android, why do you have an Android? I mean, come on, just get an iPhone, catch up with the rest of the world. If you are watching this or listening to this podcast right now and you own an Android, take a good look at yourself. Why on earth would anyone ever own an Android? Do you know how simple everything is to do on Apple? And believe me, growing up until about five, six years ago, I was like a hardcore PC Android guy. I would never use a Mac. I would never use an iPhone. I had a Samsung Galaxy. I had a HP laptop. And you know what? Started working in the real world. Everyone was on Apple and I realized, oh, Apple just is better. Why would you have an Android? I, 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 I love people who show me their Android, like who, who hand me their Android phone. And I'm just like, what, what do I do? What, what, I don't even understand what this is. I can't figure out what I'm doing with this phone. Is this a phone? I don't know. Like, it's remarkable to me that anyone could make the conscious, voluntary decision to purchase an Android phone and have one. Have you ever heard of AirDrop? Do you know how easy AirDrop is to transfer files across? Just use an iPhone. Just get an iPhone. Put your pride aside and just get an iPhone. Anyone who has an Android phone, just... And and here's the other thing, particularly in the dating sphere. Girls, if, if I'm texting you and I see a green bubble come up in my iPhone messages, I'm instantly turned off. 
If you're a green bubble texter, which means you're not on iMessage, which in turn means you're not on Apple iPhone, I'm instantly turned off. Get an iPhone, guys. That's not the point of this, but get an iPhone. Use Apple, non-sponsored, but I am open to collaborating with Apple because their products are amazing. Don't use an Android. Android, it's literally Android. Literally the name itself is the giveaway that you don't want. How many times have you heard of of a good Android? You know, it's just... I don't I don't know why people get Android phones, but, but but whatever. Let's just let's just continue. The new Google Pixel phone, whatever that is, I don't care. There's a new feature on it, and it's being heavily advertised. This feature particularly, and I I genuinely don't think people realize how damaging and like profoundly game changing this feature is. It's a good feature, admittedly, for an Android phone, but I don't think people realize how dangerous this feature really is. So I'm just going to play the ad and then I'm going to like probably spiel on this for the next little while. Ready? One of my favorite things on the Google Pixel is called the magic eraser. All you do is outline what you don't want in the picture poof, and it's gone. I've gotten rid of shadows, construction sign, garbage on the ground, people, ex-lovers, dog poop. You just circle them or color them in. They're gone. Don't ask me how it works. It just does, and that's all I know. I'm Bowser. I'm Elytra. I'm Danica, and I have a Google Pixel. Yeah, so to those people in that ad, don't sound so proud about it, for one. But two, I don't think we're thinking about the implications of this technology. So as you heard, you take a photo, say there's someone in the background of the photo, literally you circle them, and they disappear from the photo and the Google Pixel phone like fills the photo as if that person wasn't there. I don't know how it does it. Technological advancements, we've come very far. It's really cool and I get why it's a selling point. Like make your photos look great. Take a touristy photo in front of like, I don't know, the Eiffel Tower. Get rid of all the other people. Get rid of any cars or whatever it is, right? I get that. But let's just sit and think about this for one moment because this to me is where we're going from sci-fi dystopias being a fictional thing to now we, we're genuinely heading to it being a reality. Now, I don't mean to be that guy who's... I don't mean to be that white guy on a podcast who starts talking about 1984 by George Orwell. But in that book, if you haven't read it, it's a great... Like, you have to read it. It's a seminal work. In that book, they literally would rewrite the history every day. They would just change everything. The government would literally rewrite everything that happened and, um, you know, control the narrative and everything like that. Now, think about this. If we're heading to a world in which anyone, literally anybody, can make make something disappear from a photo and make the photo look authentic at the palm of their hands, thankfully iPhone doesn't seem to have this technology yet, but Google certainly does. What are the implications of that for multiple things, particularly in a legal sense, but in other things as well? Unless there's a very clear way to determine, maybe the file format changes, but if there's a very clear way to determine that that photo has been edited, it's actually really concerning. Because now, think of like a lot of, modern cases like for example 
like the Jeffrey Epstein and Prince Andrew thing, a lot of the ways that they're kind of cornering Prince Andrew and and basically saying, we know you did this, is because there's photographic evidence of him with these women who are accusing him of doing these things. Like, there's evidence that they met, he's with them, there's photos of them. But what if, if we're getting to this point where anyone can just erase someone from a photo, erase anything from a photo, delete something from a photo, suddenly... The entire, as far as I can see, the entire legal system comes into some jeopardy here because now we're moving towards a society in which it's actually starting to become almost impossible to determine what is real, what's real and what isn't. And I think it's a really interesting thought discussion because, you know, Here's an example I thought of that that I just found kind of fascinating. This isn't really related to technology, but just just as a case study, there was I don't know the, all the details of this. I've just read about it. So there was this guy in America who was um, basically charged with murder. I think it was he was charged with murder, and he proclaimed he was innocent. He said I didn't do this, and he didn't really have any evidence, like all the evidence kind of pointed to it being him, but he maintained that he was innocent and he didn't have any like proof that it wasn't him. And he didn't, he, he had an alibi. His alibi was that he was actually at a baseball game that day. So he couldn't have done it because he was literally at the baseball game, but he couldn't prove that he was there or whatever. Now here's where it gets interesting. And this is what I mean. Conveniently, the TV show Curb Your Enthusiasm with Larry David was shooting an episode at that that exact baseball game. So he went to the, and he remembered that and went to the producers of the show and said, hey, can I just see all the footage you shot that day? Because I remember walking behind the camera. And if, if I am, if there is footage of me behind that camera or in front of that camera in the background of a shot of this TV show, then I will not go to jail for murder and I will prove that I'm innocent. And because, and he went through it all and the lawyers found him in the background of a shot in Curb Your Enthusiasm, which essentially proved that he could not have murdered this person because he was literally not there. He was at a baseball game. So these kinds of things like documents and photos and videos and stuff, they, they're evidence of a reality. But suddenly if we're in this world where anyone can just erase things from reality and delete the original and be like, no, that person was never there. It was just these people. And just circle someone out, that person was never there. It's pretty creepy. It's pretty interesting to think about. And I think there's so many other things. Like, even in this podcast, if you listen to the audio version of this podcast, if you watch the video, because the video is a bit harder to edit, um, there's a few things in the audio, like transitional things that you don't hear. But every audio episode I, I for the last few weeks, I've been putting... Um, celebrity endorsements from the show in the middle of the pod. I've had Donald Trump, I've had Alan Rickman, I've had Toby Maguire and like obviously the way I do that is there's there's a spe- there's people now developing AI celebrity voices. So you type something in you can get to varying levels of success an AI celebrity voice saying what you want. So I get all these celebrities to say I love Radio Mike's podcast, right? And it's fun. And you can sort of tell at this point that they're AI generated, but some of them are pretty good. The thing is, when that technology gets better, 
And suddenly anyone can kind of make anyone say anything just through text-to-speech AI generation. That also starts sounding a lot of alarms in my mind as to what that means for the future. Now there's also deep fakes where visually you can make it look like someone saying something and or audio or yeah, uh, sound as well. And then there's also like stuff like the Dali mini generator where you type a prompt into an AI art generator and it tries to make that. Admittedly, it's not at the point where it could fool a human into thinking it was real, but it will probably get there. And then what are the implications of me being able to type in this person doing this thing to this other person? What are the implications of that? I just feel really like we are definitely headed into this dystopian future where, and I think it's going to make it really easy for criminals to get away with crimes because I think now as a defense, you could very easily say, that's a doctored photo, that's a doctored video, that's doctored audio. I didn't do that. Someone has made that. It's fake. It's not me. And on the other hand, it'll become harder to prove that criminals have done things because they can doctor the evidence themselves. So I think suddenly this Google Pixel thing to me has been really alarming because I don't like as much like... I guess I was going to say, I don't think we should have this technology, but I guess like, well, why not? Like we should, and technology is not going to stop developing, especially if it makes life easier for people. But there, I, I really feel like there's going to be a lot of implications for this moving ahead. And we are going to start seeing, I reckon, criminal cases, court cases, where there's serious debate about authenticity of photos, documents, videos, audio, and other evidence and to me, it is it is somewhat concerning because all of these tools together are showing how quickly things are changing. As I said, if, if you can generate a picture of anything you want, you can generate the sound of anyone talking, generate something that Donald Trump said, and, 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 and someone like Donald Trump knows that these things exist, so he uses them to pretend that things are fake or he didn't say things and stuff the ultimate defense. I didn't do it. It's technology. It's the future. I didn't, I didn't do any of that. And then it's just like, as well, you know, do we end up with robots who can impersonate people in, in Futurama, which, you know, as much as it's a, it's a goofy comedy show, Futurama was a really great satire of science fiction and, and a dystopian future. There was an episode where you could download a celebrity's personality into a robot and date them and like I, I, I honestly don't think that was in the year three thousand in Futurama. But I honestly don't think we're that far away. Even with virtual reality getting like further and further ahead, it's it's so fascinating but so scary. So, I guess the main message of this is don't buy a Google Pixel <laughs> because you don't need to be deleting shit out of your photos. You don't need to delete people out of your photos. That could, like the Curb Your Enthusiasm analogy, that could save someone from going to jail. I'd really love this week, if you have any thoughts about this, if you're listening to this with thoughts, send them in. RadioMikePod at gmail.com. Tweet about the show. It's Radio Mike. Um, Instagram, radio.mike. Like, I, I'd love to have a further discussion about this because to me, it's, it's absolutely fascinating. I should, um, as always, you, you can tweet the show. I'd love a bit more interaction on the show on Twitter. Um, 
Radio Jess tweeted the show. She said, my son is always singing, we wish you a merry Gnomus, um, which is, of course, Gnomus is, is, a, uh, is a segment on this show. That was great. And also, uh, Radio Kevin, who I believe must be American, he said, uh, because I was talking about Gumball-O-Rama next week, and this is on Twitter, where we put 20-cent coins into a Gumball machine. He said, this was how I learned Australians have 20-cent coins and not quarters. And now I don't think I can go back to sleep. Yeah, so we have we don't have a I guess a quarter is a twenty five cent coin over in America, but we've got a five cent, ten cent, twenty cent, fifty cent, dollar, and two dollar coin. So we don't have we don't have a quarter. We've just got a twenty, which I guess is a fifth of a dollar. But no, like no one really one no one uses cash, and no one really uses the five or cent, ten cent piece. Maybe you'd use a 20 cent piece for like a coffee if you had spare change around. But yeah, we, we really don't like use coins that much. 20th century boy, we'll be right back. Excuse this interruption, everybody. Patreon.com slash Radio Mike is the best way for you to support this show and support me. And you don't go home empty handed. You get a bunch of bonus content, including the TCB overflow, which is an extra 15 to 20 minutes each week. If you get to the end of this podcast, you're like, oh, I'd really like to continue listening to Mike for a bit. I wasn't ready for that pod to be over. I love Mike's content. Well, there's a bit more up on Patreon right now. This week on the TCB overflow on request, of listener Patreon lunchtime, I'm going to be talking about the economics of radio and where I think radio is going to be heading in the next few years. I obviously started my career in radio and I love the format, but it's an interesting time for the media landscape. So I'm going to talk a little bit more about that over on the overflow. Jump on at patreon.com slash radio mic for as little as a dollar a month. Guys, this is the best way for you to support the show if you like it and it does go a long way. We are currently on 69 patrons and I would love to see it get to 70 and even 80 coming up soon. So please consider donating consider getting in touch and if you want to make a one-off donation it's paypal.me slash it's radio Mike. also if you're listening to this on the spotify app right now can you please give it a five-star review on the spotify homepage for this podcast thanks guys let's get back to the pod hey all it's your boy will smith and when i'm not smacking chris rock in the face i love radio mike's podcast love you mike Continuing on, a lot about tech this week. I noticed that Netflix is bringing out a new ad-free alternative to uh, ad, rather ad, ad not free alternative to their service. There is now a Netflix service where you can pay like six dollars a month and you get standard definition content and ads in the TV shows and movies you're watching. My first response to this is why would anyone in their right mind ever sign up to this? Why on earth would you pay money to watch Netflix with ads? That is the most ridiculous thing I have ever heard in my life. Netflix, get your head out of your ass. You've got better ideas from that. And I have been a vigilant, vigilant person on this podcast talking about how I'm completely over streaming services and how I'm completely done with them. They fucked it for themselves. They've dug themselves this hole and now they're trying to claw their way out, dig back up. Netflix leading the charge of just being like, oh my God, Disney Plus has better content than us. Everyone has better content than us now. 
Now we're losing subscribers rapidly. Squid Game was a hit, but we can't rely on Squid Game. Now we need to do something. Oh, let's make them pay less money, but for ads. People will love that. No, they won't. And it's 2022. No one wants to watch standard definition content on their big TVs. It's not 2008 where only some people have a flat screen TV, a HD TV. We all have HD TVs. There is no one in this country or this planet. Well, okay. There is not. Okay. I should be careful how I phrase this. Most people in developed nations don't have box TVs anymore. We have big TVs. Why would I want to watch in standard definition? This is one of the dumbest things I've ever seen Netflix do. And this is just a perfect reason for you to just cancel your Netflix account. If they think that they can make they can make you pay six or seven dollars a month to watch ads in front of your Netflix TV shows. That's ludicrous, ludicrous, ridiculous on all fronts. And the idea that Netflix put it out there into the world is like, this is destined to fail. Anyone with half a brain can already see that this is destined to fail. Even if you want to save cash, why would you try and save cash but have ads? Ridiculous. Netflix, I'm worried about you, man. And But, but to be honest, I don't care about you at all, so it doesn't matter. Um interested to see how that develops. Last week on the show, I talked about how I I actually got a bit roasted for this. I talked about how the word paranoia, I always thought it was paranoia, N-O-R-I-A, instead of N-O-I-A. I always just thought it was paranoia. And I don't know why. And I put this out as a clip and I thought it would go massive. I thought everyone would have the same view as me, but pretty much no one did. Everyone was ripping into me. Um, DJ Marky Mark, radio DJ Marky Mark. He said, I felt like I was having a brain aneurysm during the paranoia bit in the pod. I've never thought that it had another R in it. And it sounds super funny after the, I was really good at English quote earlier in the app. I did say that. But I see why you could get it wrong. Don't worry, Radio Mike. We all have glaring blind spots. I do have a lot of blind spots. I got called out a lot on this pod a few years ago where I always pronounced the word haunt as haunt. I would always say haunt, like a haunted house. That became a thing on this pod for a while. Now I just try to avoid saying the word at all costs because everyone lashes out at me. Patreo Gannon bought. He said, I spaced out at the beginning of the pod and I snapped back in at the paranoia bit. It didn't feel real. So everyone on the comments and stuff was ripping into me saying it was the dumbest thing ever. But a few people actually wrote in with plausible reasons as to why I might think that. And I think they're actually right. And it is very funny because last week on the show, I also talked about Blink-182. And it is possible that Blink-182 and various other music may be the reason that I think this, that I think it's paranoia. Someone actually messaged me and said, I think you just are listening to how Tom DeLonge from Blink-182 sings the word paranoia in their music. And take a listen. And I think that's from the song Aliens Exist by Blink-182, where he goes, nice to know ya, paranoia. And I think because it's, nice to know ya and then paranoia like i think that I, and it kind of like hear it again nice to know ya, paranoia. 
I think I just thought it. And then there's another Blink-182 song called Dogs Eating Dogs. S- similar kind of thing. Just take a listen. Play it one more time. Paranoia, paranoia, my paranoia. I think I just threw that and then someone else commented and I think this is the the deal breaker. Someone else just commented Flagpole Sitter by Harvey Danger. Take a listen. Paranoia, paranoia, everybody's coming to get me. I genuinely think because of these three songs, because I'd never seen the words written down. That's the thing. I'd never seen the words written down. And I think because of just so... I, I feel like just through listening to this, you can maybe resonate with me, surely. Paranoia, paranoia, everybody's coming to get me. What was paranoia? Paranoia, paranoia, everybody... I don't know. Anyway, I'm a bit embarrassed, guys, but but yeah. I want to talk quickly here, and this is not a beat-up piece. I've tried to be very neutral on this matter, but I want to talk about Meghan Markle. Now, I'm sure a lot of you are rolling your eyes, but... The thing, th- this story just just blew my mind. Meghan Markle, and again, totally neutral to her, don't care, couldn't care less about the royal family, have never seen her in anything, do not care. But I did see this story she put out. Um, there's always a new Meghan Markle story, and this one really caught my attention. Because I guess one of her earliest gigs in entertainment was as one of the briefcase suitcase holders in the TV game show Deal or No Deal. We had a version in Australia. I assume it was an American concept at first. And there's basically 26 briefcases. And on the show, at least in the Australian version, I assume the same on the American version, there's 26 essentially models who hold the briefcases during the during the start of the show. And Meghan Markle's come out. And, uh, you know, Meghan Markle is a very sort of conventionally attractive woman and uh, I think you know she's very wealthy she's a literal princess she's married to a prince and she just she's she she's never happy you know I live in my one bedroom apartment here in Richmond Australia Um, I pay rent and uh, I go to work and and I'm pretty happy like I've got a pretty happy life I've got a good job I'm happy Megan Markle never really happy she, she put out this statement that she felt like when she was working on Deal or No Deal as one of the briefcase ladies, she was treated like a bimbo and wasn't, wasn't respected for it. And, and I think we've got to unpack this a little bit because it's been pretty controversial. Here's the thing from, from me on this. The first thing is, one... When you sign up to a show like Deal or No Deal where your job is to look attractive and um, and hold a briefcase, you, you kind of know what that job is, right? You, you know what you're doing. You're not there to be... Th- these these models on the show, they don't even talk. You know, they're just there like... And I'm, this is a delicate area and I'm open to, to discourse around it. But the thing that annoys me about it is... One, not everyone can do that job because you have to be a conventionally attractive woman to do it. But the other thing is that ups, that, that kind of annoys me about it, and maybe it's because I, I came from, like, my, 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 my grandparents were immigrants and they couldn't speak English and they just had to work 
labouring jobs their whole life. Like they were uneducated, couldn't speak English, came to Australia, worked, you know, traded their time for money and did labouring jobs. And Anyway, Megan Michael probably got paid a lot of money Admit, not not like tons of money, but like probably a good day rate to hold those briefcases. And she took that money and, you know, has made a lot of money since. There are people in this world whose job, who, who, who just spend their whole lives, their whole working lives doing hard labour and picking up heavy things and moving them and driving trucks at all hours of the day to to do logistical work and all these other jobs that are like essential jobs but like mindless jobs that aren't really fun or exciting or interesting that a lot of everyday people just do those jobs to get by in their lives, to make money, to feed themselves, to feed their families, um, to pay their rent. And then I personally, I don't get offended, but I just feel like, I, I, I always feel like when I see people like Meghan Markle complaining about, oh, I was, I had to hold the briefcases on deal or no deal and they, they treated me like like a model. And admittedly, okay, models should be treated like the same as everyone else, of course. But the concept of that show is like, you're, the concept of that job is you're, you hold the briefcase and you look pretty. If you don't want to do the job, quit the job. Go get another job where you feel like you're being valued for your intelligence because the, the idea of that job is, is not that. I, I think a lot of people now, it's a, it's a really difficult balance, but it definitely annoyed me because, because I know how hard people like my grandparents work worked in their lives to make a fraction of the money that Meghan Markle has. And, you know, it, it's just... I don't know. I, I just felt like it was, and, and admittedly, you know, I guess the retort to that could be, well, why are most game show hosts men? Men are predominantly game show hosts as far as I can see. And I agree with that. And you, I guess if you're a woman, there aren't as many opportunities to be a game show host. And why is that? And is that problematic? Yeah, probably. But at the same time, no one is forcing her to do this job. So to come out, whatever, like 15 years later and say, oh, it was terrible and and um, I was treated like a bimbo and, um, you know, I was just this model on the show. It's like you didn't – no one forced you to do it. And an interesting quote from Whoopi Goldberg of all people, but she said, um, when you're a performer, you take the gig. Sometimes you're in a bozo suit, sometimes you've got a big nose and this is just the way it is. We're not journalists, we're actors. We're trying to get to another place. And I kind of resonate with that as well because – when I started in radio, my first paid radio gig was an overnights panelling job where I worked from 11pm to 6am every weeknight. And I didn't, I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to trade my nights and sleep during the day and be alone in a radio station all night. I didn't want to do it. I didn't think it was fun. But I kind of knew that I had to get in the door and do some hard yards before I could do what I'm doing now. 
And if I didn't do that, I'd, I'm telling you, I wouldn't be where I am now. Sometimes you have to, yeah. Anyway, it's a complex issue and I haven't even scratched the surface. So, you know, if you're going to cancel me over what I'm saying, I get it. But I don't know. I think there's room for discourse around it. I just felt like it, I just, I don't know. It really put me off the whole Meghan Markle thing. People, people in this world work work very hard in very hard jobs and then you're complaining about having to be a briefcase girl on Deal or No Deal and stand there and smile and be a model. I don't know. It annoys me. Maybe it's just because of, of my my upbringing and my my family being immigrants to this country, but but whatever. A couple more things before we wrap up the show today. I've noticed... Uh, the 1975 uh, an indie rock band and they put out a new album last week. I checked it out. It was, it was really good. I don't listen to much of their music, but I just, every time they put a new album out, I just listen to it once or twice just cause just to be in the know. And I noticed this interesting thing about the 1975. Like now, if you're a fan of the 1975, you already know this. I get it. I'm not a fan of them. So I'm just discovering this for the first time. You don't have to call me out on it. I get it. Because I'm listening to the album and I noticed the first track on their album is called The 1975. So the band is called The 1975 and the first track on the album, the new album, is called The 1975. It's a, it's a, the, the title of the song is the name of the band. A little bit confusing, but whatever. And it got me thinking, oh, I wonder if there's many other bands who have done songs that are the name of the band as well. Thought that was interesting, did some research. But then I realised... The 1975 starts every album, every single one of their albums starts with a song called The 1975. Why? I don't understand it. It feels a little bit self-indulgent. It's like I go out and buy a 1975 CD and just in case I didn't know which band I was listening to, they make sure the first song of every album they have is called The 1975. It does raise into question various other issues. For example, and 1975 fans, this is where I need you to get on board and help me. Is it the same song every time? Or are there various different songs on each 1975 album called The 1975? is it a different song every time or is it the same song? Now I, I could just listen to them, but I can't be bothered. I would love for someone to comment and tell me, but I didn't, I, I don't understand this. I guess it's just become a tradition for them to have every first track on every album is called the 1975, but I feel like it's a little bit unusual for a band to have a song named after the band, the 1975 by the 1975. And then especially for there to be multiple different versions of that track. Like, oh, I'm listening to the 1975 from the night by the 1975. Oh, which 1975 by 1975? Are you talking about the 1975 from the third album or the 1975 from the second album or the 1975 from the fourth album? Personally, my favorite is the 1975 from the fifth album, but you can't go past the first, the debut album, 1975. That was good as well. Do you know what I mean? I just find it a little bit confusing. How do you differentiate between the different 1975s from the from the band, the 1975. Very confusing. If someone could shed a light on it. I did a bit of research. This is the the newest version of the song, the 1975 from their newest album. Sorry if you're living in the 
would love if people have any for you to send in any bands you know that have songs named after the band. My research, I've only found two more. Um, Green Day, punk rock band, actually had a song called Green Day. Um, it's on their first album. They're like, this is back when they were just like a, you know, a very young high school punk band. It, it's it's a, it's really, it, it's called Green Day. The name Green Day, as in the band Green Day's name, actually comes from, if you didn't know, a day spent smoking marijuana. The whole name Green Day is literally just a tribute to the drug marijuana. And before they were Green Day, they were actually called Sweet Children. They changed their name from Sweet Children to Green Day because they spent most of their teenage and high school and early 20s smoking a lot of weed. So they, they, were, they were literally having what they would call Green Days. So they decided to call their band Green Day. It's very, sometimes band name origins are really interesting when you think about it like that. Because this Green Day became a very big rock band around the world. And the name of the band, it would totally go over kids' heads, but the name of the band is literally a tribute to their favourite drug. I just, I, I, I love that. I don't know why I love that, but it's very funny. But yeah, they had a song called Green Day, which literally describes having a green day. It is kind of funny though, because uh, because Green Day in in the mid two thousands started putting out albums like American Idiot, which were these very politically motivated album albums, like uh, you know attacking the American government and talking about post nine eleven America. <laughs> and then when you think about the fact that the name Green Day literally just refers to a day of smoking up weed it becomes quite funny to, to know that they were like, yeah, fuck you, Mr. President. And then they're like, yeah, just having a joint. Anyway, the other one I found uh, was by Australian artist, Amy Shark in her second album. I think it's called cry forever. The last song on that album is called Amy Shark. And it's a reflection on how she thinks people from her past are going to like reach out to her and try to treat her better now that she's Amy Shark, like now that she's famous, essentially. Please just don't start now that I'm Amy Shark. So it is interesting to think about why uh, why artists write songs based on their their uh, their band name. I'd, I'd love some clarity around the 1975. The Green Day one is literally them just describing how it feels to smoke weed. It's a very fun punk song. And then Amy Shark's is a bit more deep than that. But yeah, um, okay. Next up, we got to do, we got to do an update on this. Christmas sweater giveaway. Oh yeah. We're giving away your Christmas sweater from Typo. Yeah, it's the Christmas sweater giveaway. At the end of the year, we will be giving away a Typo Christmas sweater. Rewind a little bit. Typo, uh... I'm not, God, I'm not going to tell this whole story. Basically, we've come by a $100 gift voucher from Typo. I'm going to use it to buy a Christmas sweater for myself and a Christmas sweater for the show. And at the end of the year, someone is going to win the Christmas sweater. Great way to give back to the listeners. Um, Now, over on Patreon on the Pat and Mike show, where Pat and I, the producer of this show, talk a bit more, um, we discussed how you can win the Christmas sweater. And what we've decided, and uh, this to me, this feels like good for both 
your chance to win and for the show. Basically, anybody who is on the Patreon from now until the draw goes in uh, the draw draw to win the Christmas sweater. So if you're not on the Patreon, but you want a chance to be in this raffle, to be in this Christmas sweater uh, giveaway, jump on the Patreon. This isn't a plug. It's just jump on the Patreon for as mu- and any money you want. You can literally jump on for $1 to be in the running. You can jump on for just two months till the end of the year and then jump off if you just want to be in the run for the sweater. That's completely fine. It's just to drive a little bit more um, money to the Patreon for this giveaway. If you're on the Patreon, you have a chance to win. You literally can jump on and jump off again. But basically, if you're in the Patreon on the day of the draw, you go into the running. If you can stick around, that'd also be great. But yeah, so if you want to be in the running, it's gonna be it's a, it's a cool typo Christmas sweater. I'll get it to your size if you win and ship it out to you at my cost. So yeah, if you want to have a chance of winning the Christmas sweater, we'll probably pull it live on the show and uh, just jump in the Patreon. That is your chance to win the Christmas sweater. We're really looking forward to the first podcast giveaway, I think. So it should be really fun. Okay. Uh, before, sorry about that. Um, before we go into the plug, let us finish this week's show by doing one of these bad boys. It's Radio Mike's Songs You Forgot Existed. Oh, I forgot about that song. We have, oh, sorry. We have a listener submitted song you forgot existed this week and it comes in from our listener radio sarah welcome to the radio family radio sarah thank you for submitting this you can submit a song you forgot existed at any time lots of people do so hoping to get to them all asap um she sent me a message on instagram i have a song you forgot existed i have a song you forgot existed moment that happened organically to me I never thought the day would come and just thought I was above the game and remember slash still listen to every song I ever heard, but I was wrong. I hope it isn't too niche, but the song is, and I'm not going to say because I'll reveal it in the segment. I truly did not remember this song existed. And once I heard it, a deep memory was sparked. Now, again, the whole conceit of this segment is... You hear the song and you're like, oh, I have not thought about that. I've not heard that song or thought about that song in such a long time. I forgot that song existed. So Sarah submitted this song. Now, for me personally, I don't think I forgot this song existed. For me, I think this is one where I was like, oh, no, like I hear that song from time to time on the radio. I didn't forget it existed. This is just me. For you, it might be different. And that's the sort of analysis you want to be doing in your mind when you hear the song. So... Let's take a listen to the song that Sarah has sent in for Songs You Forgot Existed. And that song is this. All right, everybody. It's another edition of Songs You Forgot Existed. Feel free to send in your own just like this listener Sarah did. This is a song that Sarah thinks you forgot existed. Three, two... One, 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 two, one, zero. Walking around on broken leg. Well, I can't get you out of my head. Well, I can't get you out of my head. You don't want to know me. It's Broken Leg by Blue Juice. Let us know if you forgot that this song existed. 
Yeah, Broken Leg by Blue Juice. Yeah, I think that for me, that one, I, I hear that on the radio a bit on like Gold FM here in Melbourne where they play like classic music. Um, but yeah, let us know on the on Instagram or wherever you like to contribute and get in touch with the show. Let me know. And uh, let's finish up with one of these bad boys. The plug. It is time to do the plug where I just plug everything I would like you to check out this week. Bit of stuff going on this week. Um, hey, the first thing, as always, is, yeah, as, as I've just done, the Patreon, patreon.com slash Radio Mike. Thank you. 69 people on the Patreon is an amazing feat that uh, I'm really, really stunned by. 69. I mean, we started the Patreon, I can't even remember when we started it, but to be on 69 people supporting me is huge. So thank you so much, guys. Uh, Additionally, I want to plug the Patreon exclusive shows, The Overflow, which goes up at the same time as this podcast every week, um, which is just an extra 20 minutes, get to the end of the pod, want a bit more, jump on The Overflow. The Pat and Mike Show, huge shout out to producer Pat, who is just flourished on the Pat and Mike show every week. Um, this week on the Pat and Mike, well, last week on the Pat and Mike show, it comes out every Friday. So it's a weekly show with me and Pat. Kind of, we do a deep dive onto something that I've talked about on this show. We get Pat's thoughts on it. We have a discussion around it. And then uh, Pat usually brings something and, and there's a bit more happening as well. So this week we actually talked a little bit more about Gumball Arama, which is coming up at the end of the year as well. Yeah. I think you should be there on the day to film it and just be there um, because it would yeah. be really funny if we got shut down or if security tried to kick us out because like well what am I doing wrong like the gumball machine exchanges one gumball for 20 cents there's no disclaimer on the gumball machine that is one gumball per person so theoretically I can have all the gumballs yeah there's tons of potential um, as well as that, yeah, so I'd love for you to get those shows over on the Patreon. They're so much fun. The Patreon's growing. The content's great there. There is a lot of content on the Patreon now, and it's just an appendage to this show and my world. So if you like my world, um, not the album by Justin Bieber, My World 2.0, but if you like my world, Radio Mike's world, um, then yeah, please uh, jump on the Patreon, get some more content. Uh, Harry Potter and the Boys continues the legendarily hilarious Jackie Hutton joined me this week for a chapter called Hagrid, Harry and Neville's Sexy Adventure for Mates. And uh, Jackie at the moment actually is sporting a Draco Malfoy-esque hairstyle. So I spoke to her about that. Your hair at the moment? Did you want to explain to the listeners what's going on there? I was like, I need to like cut some like little face framing bits here. Mm. They were uneven. So they kept getting shorter. And then eventually I ended up like this, where I look kind of just like Malfoy from the front. You look like Malfoy from the third movie and he has that like straight fringe. Yes. The original Malfoy had the slicked back, sort of waxed back hair. Yeah, like that. Do people treat you differently that you look like Malfoy? Are they? I can tell people are thinking it and then when I say it, they're like, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that was rude. You were just going to let me live like this without knowing. Can you do a Malfoy impression? My father will be hearing about this. Potter. (laughs) hilarious episode and Harry Potter and the boys is is really taking off there seems to be a market of uh women aged like 18 to 34 that don't listen to a lot of my other stuff but they just love Harry Potter and cheeky Mike cheeky boy Mike um so yeah it's really growing and again love for you to check it out 
Um, one announcement is that I have been putting up compilations of my time on 3AW Afternoons with DD Dunleavy. Um, without saying too much, I am no longer allowed to put them online, so I will not be putting up any more compilations of that. So you have to catch me live on Thursdays at 1.45pm on 3AW Afternoons Melbourne Daylight Savings Time. But I did want to just share this... Um, I made the daily promo. So they went with radio shows, they cut daily promos that run on the show, run on the station, you know, throughout the day to promote the show. And I made the daily promo. So um, just take a listen to this. I think it's great that this was running on radio um, around Melbourne and people would have heard it. Afternoons with Dee Dee. What's your favourite Blink-182 song, Dee Dee? I think the listeners... Oh, wanted... gosh, it's such a extensive list, Michael. How do I choose one well, from... Name a few. Name a few, then. Oh. 12 till 3 weekdays. I've had a gut full of my parents, that song. Yes. Yeah, I mean, you're on the right tone. It's a lot of just yeah. raspy American... I figured it might be. All the small things? How's that? New one um, of their songs. Well, that was the one we just played. I know. Name one we didn't just play. <laughs> On 3AW693. I, I don't know why I love that so much, that that was the, the promo moment of the show for that day. Um, finally, please rate this show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Five stars. We do accept four. Um, we don't accept three or under. If you are on Apple Podcasts, leave a written review. I love seeing them. They make my day. It also helps push you up the charts and stuff. But yeah, Spotify, give us a five-star review and such. And yeah, from there, that's pretty much it for the week. Um, I'll leave it there. Thanks for listening. My name's been Radio Mike, and this has been The Inside of My Mind. I'll catch you later. The podcast is over. That sucks so much. But it doesn't have to because if you are like that guy, whoever was just talking, it definitely wasn't me. If you are like that guy and you would like to continue listening to me, jump on the Patreon right now. Patreon.com slash radio. I'm like, we need you, man. We need you. Yes, I'm talking specifically to you. We need you on the Patreon. Help us out, man. Come on, man. But seriously, patreon.com slash radio mic. The overflow is there now and a pattern mic episode will be coming out on Friday. So get twice as much radio mic in your life. I know, God, I can bloody barely live with half of myself, but uh, I'm sure you guys wouldn't mind two times me. So yeah, jump on. See you there. This podcast was a Radio Mike original production. Head to radiomike.com.au to check out all our other content. Stay up to date at radio.mike on Instagram and get in touch. Radiomikepod at gmail.com. Listener.